Oh, I should let everybody know I'm eating a. I should let everyone know I'm eating a peanut butter bagel, but it's a character choice. Oh, I'm eating peanut butter also. A peanut okay, butter bagel. Just like not, from a spoon. Are also a character choice. <laughs> I mean, from a spoon, but it's in a bowl. A peanut butter oatmeal. I said. Oh. Okay, so you all remember how Brandy was like, oh, I only have a limited amount of time for this one today. Okay, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Brandy only has a limited amount of time to talk about what oatmeal she's eating. Brandy, what kind of uh, peanut butter substance are you eating? Let's talk about that. Actually, it's hummus and pita chips. So. Oh. You're all eating. Of course you're all eating. Of course <laughs> you're all. You're all monsters. <laughs> it turns out the monster of the week was you the whole time. <laughs> oh, goosebumps. Goosebumps. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Lost in the Multiverse. Uh, we're calling this one the, the Harvest Cove Saga, maybe? I don't know if we decided. I kind of like Saga. Um, hello. Thank you for joining us on this, uh, the first episode of our brand new arc. Uh, we're going to go around the digital room and have everyone introduce themselves. Not their characters, but who they are up front. Let's start with Sam. Oh, <laughs> hi. Uh, I, I'm Sam. I, um, I've, oh gosh, this is so much pressure. So yeah. I am a writer and a comedian and a musician. And uh, if you've just started listening to Lost in the Multiverse now, why? Uh, <laughs> it's a new arc, Sam. This is the only time it, it makes sense for someone. <laughs> That's a very good point. Maybe you jumped in now. Um, but the, we did a whole bunch of D&D before this. Anyway, so <laughs> I am very pleased you're here. Thank what you a, for what being a, here. What a good introduction that was. <laughs> Follow me on Twitter. Brandy. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, man. Just jumping right into the who am I question. I'm Brandy Ball. I'm a stand-up comedian who used to be in New York, and now I'm in Indianapolis because I'm a dummy. Uh, <laughs> hi. I'm glad you're all here. Really, Sam really. Haft, by the way. I just do. I forgot we were doing last names. <laughs> Even. Hey, Jesse, what do you got? What what magic show do you have for us? Uh, confetti, thing. Dove, Puff of Smoke. Hello, I'm Jesse Nowak. <laughs> 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 What's that up your sleeve? It's my Twitter handle at Nowak. <laughs> God. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm. A writer, voice actor, actor person. I d- did some things. I played some d and I'm glad you're here, too. I had some peanut butter oatmeal before this, and I'm ready to, to, to monster of the week. Great. You all did so Weird. good. Hey, I'm Dash Kwiatkowski. I'm the DM for this show. Uh, I DM the last arc of Dungeons & Dragons, and now it's a monster of the week is where we are. I'm a stand-up comic. I'm currently banned from Twitter for telling bootlickers <laughs> that they were bootlickers. That's not a joke. That's a thing that I actually got fucking banned. It's whatever. Uh, hey, uh, uh, hey, what was the what was the exact... Uh, oh, the exact quote? The exact one that yeah. I said was yum yum boots. Hey, did you know <laughs> that yum yum boots can get you fucking banned from Twitter? Anyway, Don't fucking say yum yum boots on Twitter. They will, they will ban yeah, you. I'll get you. Um, How do they know you're not just a big fan of pussy? They're totally cool with transphobia and slurs, but Yum Yum Boots is one step too far. Uh, I'm a non-binary Asian-American stand-up comedian, and thank you for listening to this show, uh, everyone. Um, here's here's uh, a difference. If, if, you, if you just started listening to Lost in the Multiverse, you'll be like, cool, this is a new thing. But if you, if you didn't just start, if you listened to us from the beginning, uh, you'll know that we've been playing Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition up until this point. But today marks a change. We're switching to a new game called Monster of the Week. This is a new game for uh, everyone involved, if I'm not mistaken. I think uh, no one here has played this before, and I'm really, really excited for us to do it. So there's a couple of major differences between D&D and Monster of the Week. D&D has a much sort of deeper range of uh, specific actions and moves and spells and, 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 and different things you can do like that. Monster of the Week is a lot more simple. Monster Week of the Week has a couple of actions. Uh, you can act under pressure. You can help out uh, another hunter. You can investigate a mystery. You can kick some ass. You can manipulate a person. You can manipulate a monster. And you can read a bad situation. I don't think I've forgotten any of them. Uh, maybe I did. And I use magic. Yeah, I didn't think that one was going to come up 
for this one, but yes, use magic is a skill that you can do. It is an action, and if you can justify why your character can use magic, I'm all ears. Um, in this one, rather than rolling a d20 to hit and then rolling some other dice, we're just rolling two d6s. Uh, two d6s to determine whether you fail, or you have a mixed success, or you uh, have a full success. The mixed versus full success is going to determine whether I'm going to take a hard action against you or a soft action against you. Um, the other cool thing is that I, as the as the game master, I don't roll any fucking dice at all, which rules. Um, I just sort of am the I'm the the person from whom the story comes and all the stuff happens um, to your characters. Uh, there's also a, a mechanic called luck points, where if you really if you botch a roll and you were like oh, I really needed to do that one, you can spend a luck point, but you only have a limited number of luck points based on your character and class. Um, sick, sick Foley work. Whoever's clinking spoons. Thank you. Um, I'm breaking up chunks of matcha in my latte that I made myself. <laughs> I did a bad job. Is why I have to do. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the last thing that I was going to say about game mechanics that makes this one sort of differently is leveling up is done differently here, too. I, the, the, the version of the book that we all looked at had one weird feature that we're not going to do because it's not really how it works. Basically, you gain an experience point every time you fail a roll. When you fail a roll, you gain an experience point. That is how leveling up is accomplished in this game, oh which I is which I think is really cool and sort of has real world stuff where it's like, yeah, you fucked up and you learned something. Uh, so yeah, you gain and every time you gain five experience points, I believe you level up, and we can handle that as it happens. Um, but let's now go to to you, uh, you people, and have you explain your character class. And uh, a little bit of uh, bio stuff, since the character stuff we recorded last time did not end up being in the preview. Let's start with Sam again. Uh, okay, hold on. I'm finishing writing something on my character sheet. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad that you've chosen to I'm glad okay. that you've decided to do this now. Okay, I'm ready. <clears throat> well, hello there. I'm a dandy sleuth. The name is Kermit J. Pfefferman of the FBI Occult Branch. Uh, I went to uh, school to get my master's in spooky science at the University of Phoenix Online, where I did my, uh, my dissertation on the Albanian crop circle phenomenon. Uh, I have been sent here to investigate uh, quite a confounding mystery. Uh, now, personally, I am a, I am a gumshoe, that is a character class where you investigate things. And personally, my, my beat at the FBI occult, uh, occult division is uh, the, the baby geniuses beat. Uh, because they're everywhere and they have schemes and plans. And I, I, it is... Uh, my job to find the truth, find the baby geniuses, and catalog them for the government. I want to say really quickly before Brandy does, does this, I just, I don't think anyone will understand the pure joy that I get to experience of, of watching Sam come up with something at three in the morning and then, for whatever reason, hard commit to it. <laughs> I have made my choice. I am in too deep. <laughs> there's, I, there's, I can't think. Like Sam, I know that you have a child, and there's like joy when you watch that whole, like that whole deal. But I don't know if that compares to watching you <laughs> three a.m. come up with something, and then when I'm like, well, yeah, but you don't have to, and you're like, no, I've said it already, so this is what I. <laughs> well, here's the snafu. Is <laughs> okay. that I am. Far too late to create a new different character. <laughs> so I am Agent Kermit J. Pfefferman of the FBI Occult Division's Baby Geniuses Beat. Perfect. Brandy, what do you got for us? Oh, uh, uh, did you want to say any like the cool abilities that the gumshoe has? Or do you want to... Well, I... Or did you not look at it? No, I did. Okay. Um, you just want me to like read the character sheet of what... It says no, I can do. No, I mean, is there a, is there an ability you're excited about? We don't have to do this. I just thought it's a fun sort of like. A, is there anything? That you're <laughs> well, 
I have I have an ability called Asphalt Jungle that allows me to heal slightly faster than normal people. And it's because, and this is very formative to my origin story, I was bitten by a baby genius uh, <laughs> in my youth. <laughs> and then it scurried off into a cornfield uh, <laughs> before I could catch it and ask it a question or say, make a wish. So... <laughs> So that is why I heal faster than normal people from my scrapes and bruises and other sort of uh, uh, minorly uh, negative miscellany. Yeah, that's really good. All right, Brandy, what do you got? Okay. <laughs> follow that, Brandy. <laughs> Fucking follow that. No, I'm just going to talk. I'm not going to. I can't. I'm not going to be a character. I'm just going to talk about Penelope. My character, she um, is. Generally, people refer her. Oh my gosh, why can't I talk? This is the wrong time. Uh, so people call Penelope Penball because she holds the high score at the local corner store pinball machine. Uh, it's also her name. She <laughs> is that a coincidence or no? It's fate. Uh, it's, it's fate. The... It's fate. <laughs> <laughs> um. She also, she lives with her dad. Uh, her mom left because she's, she accidentally found out that her mom was cheating. She's super into photography and was taking pictures out in the garden and saw her mom in the midst of an illicit affair. So now there's some resentment between her and her dad, but also he's cool and kind of lets her do whatever she wants. I don't know if, is, I think that's it. Uh, her abilities... Huh? Yeah. There, you, there you go. The ability question was the... Yeah. So uh, she's super into photography and she has a photography Instagram. And one of her abilities is net friends, which means that she knows a lot of people on the internet. And she can contact them to help her figure stuff out. Uh, she also has vicious mind, which means she can tell when someone's lying to her. She's really useful when she confronted her mom. Nice. And what's the class called, Brandy? You want to mention that? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called the Flake. All right. Um, yeah, just generally she can see how everything's connected. There's a good slam in there about Brandy constantly canceling on plans, but I'm not going to make it. Hey, Jesse, what's your character? <laughs> <clears throat> um, uh, my character's name is Tyler. He is 19. Um, I'm not quite sure what to say because I don't want to give away too much. But if we do have to say the class, yeah, you got to say the class. So I think it'll, I think it's okay. It's gonna come out in a second anyway. Okay. So. Um, I'm not gonna say uh, what he is, but the okay. class is. Hey, uh, Dash, what's the what's the class again? Jesse, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I the moment that that Brandy said the class, I was like, oh fuck, and I tried to look it up real quick, and I I haven't been able. Maybe to it's yet. a good thing we're all separated by distance now. Yeah, because yeah. they would straight Otherwise, up. Otherwise, I'd kill you. I think it was the monstrous, wasn't it, Jesse? Weren't you the oh, monstrous? Yeah. Okay, just cut it, cut it so I sound good saying this. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, my character's name is Tyler, and he's the monstrous. <laughs> this is all staying in. <laughs> Fuck. Um, uh, he is a, uh, he's a he's a barber, but he's not, like, committed to it. It's just, like, one of those things where he didn't know what else to do, and he's trying to figure himself out. Um, at 16, he got suspended from high school junior year for um, an incident that the town knows about, uh, and he's kind of been a bit of a, a lone wolf since then because he's just kind of on his own um but i th i think that's all i'll say he's just just what are the, I, I do we have to say a physical description or just that's good you can say it later when we're introducing the characters i will say okay the monstrous the monstrous character class is someone who is some uh some bordering on or explicitly inhuman so they could be a vampire or a zombie or something else like that. And what's so the Jesse's trying to play hardball or play not hardball's wrong. Jesse's trying to play it close to the chest with what his character's monster identity is, and that's fine. But I do want to say that in this creating this character, he was like, Oh, what if I what if I what if I take the ability flight? And I was like, Well, that monster can't fly, so I won't allow it. Are you what do you know? He's like, oh, okay. Um because yeah, anyway, that's yep. So, 
as soon as it's revealed, I'm going to say what um, the good funny thing that I wanted to do was. Yeah, funny's a stretch. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's a monster who can't fly. He's a you monster who can't fly. Yeah, like, uh, fine. I guess like spoiler- in real life. Like in real life. Spoiler alert: He's a cookie monster. He's the oh, cookie. Dang it! <laughs> Why just spoil it? Yeah. Um, me angry. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i think that sort of handles our uh, character introduction i think that's sort of it i guess there's just one question that i have left for you guys it's do you want to play hey do you do you want to do you want to play D? &D? Uh, technically not uh yes yeah no i was gonna say you can't you can't play D &D because we're playing monster of the week so that's where we are that was a trick it was a trick i got you Fucking get owned. Got us. Wow, what a great dish. Technically, I didn't get Sam, because Sam said it. Um, <laughs> but here we are. He wins, I guess. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> yeah, Sam won, Sam won Monster of the Week. It's so early, too. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely going to work. so early in the game. You guys want to play again? Um, yeah, <laughs> let's play another round. Cool. Let's play Monster of the Week. I'll Maybe I'll think of something, or maybe I'll just say let's play Monster of the Week. I kind of like that. Um... <laughs> We're going to open this one up. This one's going to start uh, in an office at the Federal Bureau of Investigations. Um, Sam, uh, Kermit, I will. Thank you. <laughs> Kermit, you have been called into, uh, you've been called into the office of your superior, whose name I definitely... Wrote down, but I'm struggling to remember. Give me one second to pull up my list of things that I've got. Um, it's Cookie Monster. Cookie Monster and Kermit are in the same room. Everybody is the Cookie Monster in this one. <laughs> That's the secret, is that everyone is the Cookie Monster. That's why you can hear us chewing all the time. Yeah, it chew chew and then it just all that's falls out. That's actually... why we're all like nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Kermit. You've Kermit. You've been called into the office of your supervisor, um, uh, uh, Deputy Chair uh, uh, Jamie Tannen, and she uh, she hasn't said anything since you took a seat. Um, you imagine that she might be slightly cross at you for the way that you had recently handled a case that you have now begrudgingly admitted was not a result of baby geniuses, but was in fact a cybercrime ring. Um, Although through the internet, you cannot tell how old someone is, so I, I maintain my position. <laughs> Permit me. like a true pedophile. <laughs> 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 um, but you, yeah, you, you sit in front of your, uh, your director, uh, she looks upset. Uh, what do you do? Oh, you steamed. I, <sighs> you seem a little bit perturbed. Kermit. <laughs> there. Hi-ho. <laughs> 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 wow. Kermit. Whether, listen, we have a whole discussion to have regarding your stance on the cyber criminals who, again, I cannot stress enough, we arrested them, we got them, they were not baby geniuses. Unless they were framed by baby geniuses. They are geniuses, they are thinking three steps ahead. I, they're also babies, so they are clearly not among the people that you have arrested, so I, I think they're still out there. This is a whole conversation that we, we will have at some point. I... Kermit Buckminster, Buckminster is dead. Well, that, that's not possible. I mean, we have, a, we have bowling league next week. We? He... Kermit, I'm sorry. I, I wanted to be the first to tell you I wanted... 
this to be how you found out. I didn't want you to hear it in another way. I know, I know he was very important to you. And I mean, he, he was weeks from retirement that, that, The 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 cruel. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he was. He definitely was almost about to retire. That's he. He was, he was like a second father to me. Yeah, but but also like a like a boss, but like a boss that was also a father. Like a boss father, I know. I, I was his little boss baby. It did make everyone else in the bureau wildly uncomfortable that you did say that a lot out loud. That was our thing. You know, we had rapport. Yeah. We had no, banter. No, everyone, everyone knew. Um, Kermit, it was... It, We don't understand entirely what he was investigating when he died. And I think it it just makes sense for you to sort of... I guess I'd like you to look into this. Uh, I I know that, you know, your relationship with Buckminster was, was a close one, but he meant a lot to me and the rest of us here and... Frankly, not understanding what or how uh, this happened, I I can't think of anyone I trust more to handle this with the sincerity uh, that I think this is required. Uh, are you comfortable? Do you do you need some time to, to get settled in, or are you comfortable to? I don't need any time at all. I'll tell you exactly how this happened because we were off chasing your cyber crime, whatever that is. Why, which was probably a distraction set up by the baby geniuses so they could kill Buck. Well, that I as I mean that that yeah, that is entirely possible, all things considered. And if that is the case, that's something I would love for you to I would love for you to dig into that. God uh, is my witness. I will never forgive them. He his uh, his body was found. Uh, on in a small uh, coastal town in Southern California, uh, he it was sort of a car accident. It seems the the details are the details are confusing at best, uh, Kermit. And I would, if you're comfortable, we'd love to send you out there immediately. There's a, his body's being held in a local hospital in the morgue. I understand you will probably want to do some form of autopsy or at least. Uh, assist in the autopsy given um he he had said he was investigating a drug ring but that doesn't that never quite made sense with me i don't understand why we wouldn't have just left that to the dea uh and why are babies using drugs well if they are that's bad (laughs) shouldn't be using drugs as infants i think we can all agree I don't understand exactly what it is he was on to. You know how he was um, in terms of chasing chasing very specific kinds of leads. I think that's something that the two of you share. So I, I don't I don't know exactly what he was getting into. I don't know what he was investigating, but I do believe it was important, and I do believe that that's probably what got him killed. Well, I I will I will find out, Deputy Director. Thank you, Kermit. And and again, all, all I can say is I'm I'm so sorry. They will pay. <laughs> Sam, you gotta say that again because the audio cut out. They will pay. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more time for me. They Bro. will pay. Thank you. Great. Um, <laughs> we're gonna cut that. I mean, I guess like. <laughs> Kermit, do you have any uh, investigatory questions outside of goofs and funny things? Nope. Um, I should add the gumshoe, the class, has something called a code. A code defines the gumshoe. Okay. And basically, like a paladin in D&D, you have to sort of abide by that code. Or in some cases, you even lose some of the powers of your class. 
Um, my code is quite obviously always <laughs> seek the truth about the baby geniuses. They're yes. out there. They're responsible for everything. So that is, uh, I'm going to have to abide by that the entire duration of playing this. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it. Thought um, you would be. Oh, I am. Oh, you know I am. Um, we're going to we're going to cut to um, uh, one of the one of the houses in Harvest Cove. Um, we're going to sort of start at the front door, and if you can imagine, sort of the camera going in. There, there's a camera, whatever, sort of moving in through. There's not an actual camera. This is just I'm describing it as if it were a visual thing. I'd say we we move through this house and we see it's not it's not you know it's not in the best shape. It's not it's definitely not run down. It's not like a shanty house or anything. But it's just a, it's a little it's a little messy. It just kind of seems like whoever the adult living here is isn't one hundo taking the best care of the living situation. I think we'd move upstairs and we would see. Uh, we would see the bedroom of a teenage girl and I will let her describe that bedroom. Uh, and also sort of, uh, just describe the bedroom for now. Cause I, I want to put you in a position here. Okay. Uh, everything is floral, the comforter, the rug, and the walls are plastered with photos and magazine cutouts and lyrics that are written on random pieces of paper. Um, and then there's a desk that has a computer and a bunch of photography equipment on it. I would say, um, I would say Penelope, you're, you're sort of pacing, you're sort of pacing in this room and, and on your desk is your camera. And I would say you're almost sort of, you're almost sort of afraid I would say you're almost sort of afraid to touch it, given what you've given what you've captured by mistake. I would say the, the a few nights ago you were out at night um, taking a picture of of what? What were you taking a picture of out at night? Uh, the woods behind my house. Just gonna say the woods, huh? The wo- well, you know, you take pictures of branches and the light hitting them a certain way, and it can be it can cause a really cool effect. Now, you don't know exactly what you will see when you look at those photos. And is this a digital camera or are you like developing? Uh, it's a digital camera that's made to look like an old timey camera. That's, uh, that's so wildly on brand. Um, <laughs> you don't know exactly what you're going to. You don't know exactly what you're going to see. Um, and it's, in fact, it's been, you know, you gave yourself a couple of days to really come to terms with the fact that you did, you saw something, you saw people in what looked like giant hoods and flowing cloaks in a way that sort of, uh, honestly, it reminded you of something out of a cheesy horror movie. And the sort of the investigative part of you, I think, I guess, what would you have done if you, if you saw, if you saw people in the distance as you were taking photos and you knew that they hadn't seen you, what would you have done? Uh, I mean, I definitely would have crouched down and snapped a few photos quickly before I got out of there. Yeah. I would say you snapped those photos, you started to get out of there. And as you were getting closer to home, you heard a sound that was, unmistakable because it was something you've seen in films. It's one something you've heard. You heard the sound of silenced gunfire. Um, and now you've got these photos. You've got these photos on your camera. I think you've been avoiding looking at them. You've given yourself, you've given yourself a couple of days to think about, to think about um, how you want to handle this. I'd say you probably haven't, again, you probably haven't even, at these these photos but now you are in your room your camera's on your desk what do you do oh man do i go to the police would they even believe me it's it sounds crazy i just oh i have to look at the photos but then if i look at them and there's something bad there why didn't i go to the police earlier this is just oh i sat on this too long i guess i should I 
I'm gonna look at them. Okay. Um, as you as you turn on your camera, as you sort of scroll through the photos, it's it's unmistakable. There are figures in. There's two of them. There are two figures in. You can tell, sort of looking at them now, they look like robes. Um, the robes have sort of intricate designs uh, stitched onto them, but you can't really make those designs out from where you are currently. Um, there's just two of them, and that that's it. You just sort of see them. You see them moving, but you can't. Obviously, from still photos, you can't really piece anything else together. I'm I'm curious, sort of, what you make of this. I'm curious what this means to you. Uh, can I ask what color are the robes? I'd say it's sort of hard to tell. It's hard to tell in the sort of in the just in the moonlight. There's nothing really reflective about them. I would say you can tell they aren't. Uh, you can tell they're predominantly black, but with some other colors in them. But you can't tell because the colors are muted, sort of by the light. Oh, okay. Because I think the first thing she would do, or the first thing I would do, is some internet research to see if I could find anything. Yeah, totally. Um, you have a role for that. Do you have, do you have a move you want to do? Um, let's see. Yeah, I've got connect the dots, which means that at the beginning of each mystery, uh, if you look for wider patterns that current events might be a part of. I roll for that. Okay. Uh, four. Let's see. On a 10 plus, hold three. And on a seven and nine, hold one. What did you roll? I, roll, I rolled a four. You rolled a four? Yeah. Okay. Well, you... Here's... Yeah, okay. I will say you. Uh, you go to your... You go to your forums that you're used to going to, um, and you're just like, hey, I saw some robes, and people are like, what? And you're like, yeah, I saw some robes, and I would say most of most of that forum is just people dunking on you with links to, like, Bed Bath & Beyond robe sections because you worded your question in a silly way, um, and you ascertain nothing from this. Awesome. Uh, so they're not going to help me out. I feel like I should show somebody, but I don't. You don't know who. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're going to, we're going to pause there. We're going to, we're going to move to another scene. Um, this next scene we're we're going to start, um, Tyler, Tyler, you, uh, <laughs> Tyler, you are, Sort of you you are out back at the barber shop where you uh, work. You are uh, taking a big blue plastic bag full of hair. Now you have gotten in trouble for this before because the hair is supposed to go in the clear plastic bags and the blue plastic bags are for recycling. but it was the nearest bag to you and that's the bag that you grabbed. And now I would say you're sort of you're trying to dispose of the big blue plastic bag full of hair in such a way that you won't necessarily get in more trouble for it later. Tell me what you do. Uh, so I'm going to go in the dumpster and I'm going to take the garbage that's in there and lift I'm it sorry. out. Hold on. You're going into the dumpster. Like in, you are going into the dumpster or you're just opening the dumpster. Well, I'm opening the dumpster, but I have to take the okay. shit out. <laughs> I, I don't need to I'm climb going. in. You are climbing Unless into I the dumpster. Well, I don't need to. I was just... I I'm was genuinely just right confused as to what you were trying to say. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so uh, I'll walk it step by step. I open the top of the dumpster, yep. and I there's the other bags there that are in, you know, it's, it's hair that's in the clear bags, because uh, someone else <laughs> disposed of those uh, properly. But I take it out, and then I put my bag in there, and then I put the good bag on top. So okay. then no one can. But You're then right. I realize, shit, yeah. the bag is clear. So people can kind of still see there's a blue bag with hair <laughs> yeah. under this clear bag with hair. Right. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, so then I look around. Okay. Is there any other garbage? Um, I mean, there's, there's the garbage that was in the dumpster, but not, not really. Hmm. 
Okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I shut the top of the dumpster. Okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, I'm a little angry. <laughs> I would say you hear a voice that just says like, hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, you. Uh, hello? Yeah, uh, I mean, what do you, you look around and you don't, you look around, what are you looking for? What are you trying to ascertain? This is, and also, like, this is a, the, the back of the barbershop is not like a, it's not like a sealed backyard, it's in an alley. There's an alleyway that you are sort of in. Um, oh, so it, it's like, it's like an alleyway? It's sort of like an alley, yeah. Um... Wait, so there's, like, nowhere for anyone to, like, hide? It's just, like... I mean, there's dumpsters. Oh, okay. Um, you know explicitly that there are dumpsters. Okay. Well, I'm assuming that he's not in one of these dumpsters because I just was opening the dumpster. But I... Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to look inside the dumpster to see if someone is in there. <laughs> yeah, there's no one in that dumpster. That shit. Uh, okay, can I go to another dumpster? <laughs> sure. As you're going through dumpsters, you hear the voice say, I'm not, I'm not in a dumpster. I'm, hey, okay, hey, don't, don't be weird when this happens, okay? Can you just, can you be chill? Can you be chilled when, out? Can when what chill? happens? Well, hold on. And from behind a dumpster, out trots a very small, very scruffy dog. Ah, oh my God. It just sits on its it sits on its haunches and it's like okay and it's talking. Oh it's my mouth, god! Its mouth is moving and it's like okay, um, okay, be cool, okay? Are you cool? Can oh. you be cool? Mm. No, I know I'm a dog and I do I do a talk sometimes. Um, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, I know. It's weird, right? I get it. Uh, okay. Um, hi. Yes, hello. It's I'm a dog. I can see that. That's why I that's why this is not a normal conversation. Yep. No, I know. But like, I mean, of all the things that you are, it kind of makes sense though, right? A little bit that you would a little bit? I guess. A little bit. This has never happened before. No, I know. It's new. Um, what so if he, you're just a talking dog. Maybe everyone can hear you. I am just a talking dog. Oh, okay. Did I imply that I wasn't just no, I oh. what did hold on, what did you think that I was? A regular dog? You can't talk to regular dogs, Tyler. That's what I thought for a second. It's never no. happened before. No, no, you can't talk to regular I dogs. I, I thought I had a cool new power that I'm was also terrifying. To, I'm gonna have to hold your hand through this whole thing, huh? Well <laughs> it, no, I'm a talking dog. I'm not dog. gonna be insulted by you. You're like a foot tall. Well, I mean, if you wanna trade insults, that's fine, I guess. I'm sorry. That was mean. What are you doing here? I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to talk to you uh, right now, and you're making it hard. I'm trying to have a conversation about important things. Okay, go ahead. It's, I'm all, I'm all ears. All right. Hey, I'm all ears. And then his ears kind of flop up. He's like, "That's a fun trick that I can do with my ears." Um, <laughs> Tyler finds it funny, but he's also still very terrified. <laughs> hey, um, I can't. This is complicated, and I, I can't, I can't go sort of all out and say some of this because, well, they'll stop me. But I, there's a guy coming to town. There's a guy coming to town, and he's gonna wear a suit, and he's gonna talk real funny. And I need you to find him. And that's the guy you gotta, you gotta work with that guy. And that's all I can say right now. That's all that I can tell you is you gotta work with that guy. Does that make sense? Can you repeat to me what I've said to you? Uh, sorry. I'm just trying to remember. If I just said it when I fell asleep. You didn't fall asleep. You're awake. You put the you put the hair in the wrong bag, and they're gonna get mad at you because it's very obvious. I wait. How would you know that unless this was a dream? Because I watched the place. I've watched it. I've been trying to figure out when I can come talk about this. You've been watching. You're not dreaming. Yes. This has to be, no, this is not, 
This it's is so cryptic and weird. There's no way this isn't some weird fucking. Maybe I took some bad acid or something, and I just fell asleep. And this is. I feel like you would remember if you took acid. I guess that's true, and I don't do acid, so that's weird that that was your first go-to. If you don't do acid, well, it's one of those things. What else? There's no other explanation for this. Yeah, that's true. I am a talking dog, and I'm trying to give, and I'm trying to say it in a way that's going to protect both of us. Okay, if I if I say sure, I'll look out. I'll work with this weird talking man in a suit. Will you yep. leave? Yeah, that's all I had to say. Okay. Hey, can I ask you before I go real quick? I didn't sound too much like Mark Wahlberg, did I? Uh, uh I don't think so. Great. Um, yeah, I think I was more distracted by the fact that you are a talking dog rather than oh, this voice sounds like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> good. That's good. All right, cool. Well, again, weird man in a suit talks funny. That's you gotta. He's gonna do something that's important, and I need you to. I need you to do that with him. Uh, sure. What's your name? Are you okay? Are you straight? Do you need anything? Oh, my name's Scruffy, and no, I'm fine. I do okay. Oh, okay. But thank you. Uh, sure. Well. I don't know, I've never, this is a weird situation, I don't know whether to say bye, or, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's, you could just walk in the room, but that'd be weird. That'd be weird, right? be rude, at least. Uh, Yeah. I hope you have a good day. Hey, thanks. You too, I guess. Hey, how should I get rid of this hair? If you've been watching, do you, is there another... I don't know, man, I'm a dog. Try eating it? Oh, thanks. Yeah, just because I'm okay. That's what I would do. Thanks. That's what I would do. I'd eat that hair. I don't want to. I don't want to eat the hair. Yeah. All right. Do you want to eat this hair? Well, no, it seems weird. I don't know. You don't want to eat it. No, I don't trust it. It's fine hair. Well. All right, well, I've sort of done my part here, so I'm going to go do dog things. Okay. Yeah, he just trots off. Oh, okay, he's gone. All right. Um, we're going to cut back. Uh, Kermit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> I wasn't addressing. Okay. Um, your flight, your flight into Southern California was fine. You, uh, you flew on uh, one of the smaller sort of private jets that the bureau has. Uh, you took a, uh, you took a car provided to. They sort of provided you with a uh, a black Lincoln rental that you have driven now, uh, not to the town in question, but to to a, a, an adjacent town. Um, where uh where the where the body of Buckminster is um being held. And I would say you find that it's a smallish hospital that you find and um yeah, you you know, you show credentials, they let you in pretty easily uh to the morgue area where there is a uh sort of a young and this is sort of I picture this person as you know how every crime show has like a goth person for some reason? Yes. So this is sort of the god. This is like a goth morgue attendant, is how I imagine this person. Um, and they uh, they have got a clipboard, and they have uh, Buckminster's body sort of out uh, laid out on a um, one of those morgue slabs. Um, yeah, that's where you are. What do you do? Uh, pardon me. Uh, goth individual but uh, have you made any medical observations on this body yet i uh i have i have actually um and this is uh so this is interesting the the body collided with a moving car which you'd think you'd think that they were hit by the car it's not not exactly that it's like they fell 
onto the hood of the car uh, from a great distance. And a lot of people, I think, would have thought that that was maybe uh, the cause of death. Uh, it wasn't, though. And this is this is where it gets a little bit tricky. And he pulls out two sort of uh, two images, and he shows you. And he says, if, if you look, you'll see there there's an entry and exit wound on this body. This man was shot before he suffered that fall. Now, I don't know if he was shot and then tossed from something or if he was shot. And I don't know the exact order of it. Um, obviously, I couldn't. But uh, there are entry and exit wounds implying that this, this person was – this person died from a, a gunshot wound before – they fell at, and, at uh, some at some great height from some great height. Absolutely. Well, why would you shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane? That's well, I, I don't think it was a plane. And I'll tell you, I think that there would be more damage to the body if he had been thrown out of a plane. I think that it was uh, uh, the, the body was impacted a car under some uh, some sort of a, a cliff. Buffs, I think, is the word for those those sorts of cliffs. Uh, but I, I think that he fell or was thrown off of one of those rather than from a plane. I think I think the body would have liquefied if he'd been tossed out of a plane. Well, I don't know. I've seen some liquefied bodies in my day, and it takes more than an aeroplane. Oh, sure. I mean, it could have been a very low flying plane. I, I don't know. I'm from my uh, from sort of what I what I can tell. I I, I imagine this person took a tumble off of one of those cliffs, especially since the cliffs were, were just right there. I see, I see. Well, uh, are we about to perform an autopsy or have you already done so? I haven't. Uh, I was waiting. I was waiting for the Bureau um, uh, before getting too in-depth. Uh, again, I, I, I'm not sure, uh, you know, if there's anything that you specifically, I, I understand you're probably going to be in yeah, picking up whatever this this – this man was uh, looking into. I'm not. I wasn't sure. I didn't want to take any steps before you got here. I'm curious. Uh, well, did he have any personal effects on him at the time? Now, this is interesting because he didn't. Not a wallet. No keys. Um, his shoes were gone. He 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 hit the car with no shoes on. Um, and if if you look, I was sort of curious about that too. And he he takes he takes the pant leg and sort of rolls. Rolls it up. Are they wearing clothes? I guess he wasn't wearing clothes because it's an autopsy. Never mind. There's no pant leg. Uh, he sort of takes takes your attention to he takes your attention to the leg, and he's like, if you look here, there's sort of a uh, incision wound um, on the leg, a- as if he was stabbed or cut in the leg uh, at some point before he was shot and before he he took that tumble. Well, this immediately strikes me as some sort of baby genius tomfoolery because I will tell you who is of a height to stab in a leg. I'm sorry, did you say baby geniuses? And Uh, listen, really quickly, Sam, I do want to point out that what you've done is you've created a character who has to summarize and explain his existence to literally everyone always. That is... That is correct. I did say baby geniuses. Uh, how much are you familiar with the uh, phenomenon of the baby genius? Are you talking about the the theatrical film and then several direct-to-DVD sequels? Well, first of all, you know, uh, first couple were, were direct-to-VHS. Uh, but Okay. But, uh, you know, they are, of course, inspired by the supernatural phenomenon of the baby genius, but... They are they are not uh, by any means an academic resource where one could study that. I'm sorry, supernatural? Well, babies are not naturally genius. They are naturally babies. <laughs> is this a is this like a is this like a bureau joke that I don't get? I open my uh, badge and it shows that I, I am in the baby genius subdivision. Oh, good. I'm afraid not. Uh, the truth is out there, and now you have just been baby pilled. <laughs> I don't know that I would. I don't know. Okay, well, let's. I'm gonna. Here's what I'm gonna do. 
what would you like to sort of figure out uh, um, with regard to the, this body? I, I, I mean, again, I, the things that I, I, I well, as much as it pains me because uh, Buckminster was something of a father figure to me, uh, I believe we must uh, give him an autopsy and root around in his body and uh, entrails and offal and uh, you know, sort of internal aspects. I'm curious. I'm curious what Kermit is trying to discover here. I, I am merely searching for clues, as would a pig search for a truffle. <coughs> I attempt to root around and uh, see what my nose turns up. Okay. Um, so yeah, your your autopsy. Um, and I'm not going to make you roll for this because I think there's no real. There's this is not like a pressure situation. You have you have the time to do this. Um, it's fairly, it's fairly unremarkable. Um, you do sort of confirm the fact that, uh, that Buckminster did die from a gunshot wound. It was the gunshot that killed him. And then the fall, you would, you would guess he didn't fall actually from that far. Um, which would imply again a push off of maybe one of these cliffs or uh, something something more of that nature. The the wound on the leg, you determine it was from a a hunting knife. Um, not really nothing nothing sort of it wasn't you know you've you've seen sort of gang violence. You know the sort of knives that are used uh, for that sort of combat. It's, it's not that this was a hunt as a hunting knife that that did this. Um, other than that, it it looks like it looks like his his uh, body was in relatively good condition in terms of in terms of you know he hadn't been short on food he hadn't been starved anywhere uh, nothing would indicate that he had been kept anywhere. Um, uh, what what sort of uh, gunshot wound does this appear to be? And is there a if, I mean, I see there's an exit wound, but does it appear that there is some sort of uh, clue as to what kind of weapon was used? Yeah, there there isn't. I would say I think, and this is this is completely out of my ass because I don't know. I think based on the way that the, the wound is sort of structured, you would be able to tell that this was a silenced weapon. Um, but without the actual without the actual bullet, you can't really tell what type of gun or or anything like that. I see, I see. Well, this was clearly the work of some professionals who meant to red herring us away from the truth. Uh, you know, they are they are very small and devious indeed, I must say. Uh, now, the this knife wound, does it appear to be uh, a wound that happened uh, previous to the gunshot? Uh, yes, it appears that the knife happened uh, a decent amount of time before the gunshot. And uh, another question, are there any defensive wounds on the body? Did it appear that, that Buck was defending himself? Um, I would say you can't, there, aren't, there isn't anything to suggest that. It seems, it seems odd that there's just sort of this knife wound, this gunshot wound, and, uh, and then the, the fall. The, the body's pretty banged up. But if you, I would say you would look at the the knuckles. Sort of that's your that's your first place you would look to see like did this person try to punch anyone or anything like that, and it doesn't it doesn't look like he did. It doesn't look like he did sort of try to fight anyone. It seems like whatever happened all happened to him up until the fall. And uh, uh, can we can we dust his fingers for gunshot residue to see if he recently discharged his weapon? Yeah, I would say you do, you do the dusting and you find that no, um, not only did he not discharge his weapon, uh, his weapon is nowhere to be found. I see, I see. Well, uh, I guess I just cut open my friend and I have more <laughs> questions than I have answers. Um, you would also, you would also, uh, based on, there were a couple, there were a couple of things that the, the, the technician was confused about in terms of bodily condition, but you would have recognized and having known Buckminster, you would have known that some of the effects of uh, a degenerative disease called Lasteroff syndrome 
would explain, and you would you would be able to explain to this vet tech that Buckminster had a degenerative disease that was getting sort of uh, exponentially worse over time. Um, one thing that you would know about Buckminster is that uh, towards the end of his career, uh, as he sort of delved into um, as he delved into uh, an era, era of his career where he could sort of uh, investigate with more choice, he would chase leads for faith healers. He would chase leads for anything that he thought might land on a cure for his disease. I see, I see. Well, uh, have you heard any uh, rumors in town of a sort of a, a drug ring, people peddling smack? You know, I mean, this this town, uh, of course, there's there's drugs in, in, in most towns. His body was actually found closer to a, a, a sort of a smaller, more secluded town called uh, Harvest Cove. That's, I imagine they didn't hold his body there because their hospital is not uh, sort of as, as technologically uh, up to date as ours. Um, but he, he was sort of, he was brought here from, from there. That's sort of a... It's along the sort of the rock, the rocky coasts. Um, so if there, if there's anything that he was investing, I, I, I my guess is it would be over over there. You, you sure you don't secretly have a little habit on the side and it contacts people you've been buying from? You can be no, straight I, to me. I try to, I try to, I try to just keep it to caffeine for my, for my habits. I know that's a drug too, but you know, it's a legal one. And as we all know, legality is, is equal to morality. According to me, this person in this room right now. Well, we all have a code. Mine is hunting baby geniuses. (laughs) So (laughs) I will, I will take my leave of you, but, uh, May we exchange some contact information so that uh, in the future I may call upon your expertise? Sure. And yeah, he, he trades he trades cards with you. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna jump a little bit ahead now. Um, uh, Kermit, you have arrived in Harvest Cove, and I would say you sort of you find you find it to be idyllic in a way that again it's almost like fucking. Pleasantville. You sort of you come off of you come off of the the highway in your in your black Lincoln, and you sort of as you drive into town, it's almost like colors become brighter and more vivid. Um, everything sort of seems it's almost like you're driving. So you're driving out of this town where the hospital was, and it's like it's just a normal fucking town. And as you drive into Harvard Cove. People are smiling and walking around. There are little cats and dogs, like, frolicking. Uh, there's a park that's just got kids just hanging out. Like, it feels like it feels like you've stepped into the set of, like, a fucking movie about a perfect town. Um, I see. Yeah, you've driven into town. Um, well, I, I, I'm going to find myself uh, a nice diner, a place where I can... Eat uh, eat a nice fluffy pancake and have a cup of joe. Okay, um, that's the first thing you do. That is the first thing I do. Okay. Well, uh, no, yeah. the first thing I do is I speak into my my digital sound recorder and I okay. I, I, I make a log and I say this is a mission log from Agent Kerman J. Pfefferman. Uh, I have uh, arrived in the town of Harvest Cove. It is quite idyllic. It is rather perfect, perhaps too perfect. Who could design such a town? but a genius of incredibly small stature. Uh, <laughs> I, I shall continue to update this log with my findings, and uh, I, the truth shall come to light. Hey, it's uh, Dash here, and thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Harvest Cove Saga. It's really, really meaningful to me that... Um, you're tuning in. It's meaningful to me that you're you're listening. Um, definitely, if you haven't already checked out our Patreon, we're about to give it some some major updates and some major um, revamps. Just as we try to uh, get ready for this new saga, um, and uh, yeah, we just we really appreciate you all 
being here with us for this. Um, yeah, we got a bunch of new music to make, a bunch of new stuff. We could definitely use the help on Patreon. Um, tweet at the show, at LITMcast. Um, use the hashtag LITMcast. Um, let us know what you're excited about. Let us know how you feel about the characters so far. Um, yeah, we're coming at you every Tuesday, so we'll have a new episode next week. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you then.